morning's reading from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 to 22, and that can be found on page 267 of the Bibles in the pew. Ruth 1, 1 to 22. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Marlon and Kilian. They were um, Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Marlon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realised that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. 
life is full of going away and coming back stories. Just our everyday lives, most of us go away and come back. We go away to work, we go away to school or to university, and hopefully at the end of the day, we come back. There's the going away on a holiday, the excitement of leaving, of going away, and perhaps the sadness of coming back. And there are the more significant, sometimes more uncertain going aways and coming back stories. Leaving home for the first time, your children leaving home for the first time. Will they come back, perhaps? Or a relationship in your family or a friendship that has gone sour. Someone has gone away from you. Will they come back? The Bible actually is one very long going away and coming back story. We, mankind, have gone away from God. And it is the story of God bringing us back. And the book of Ruth, which we begin this morning, is a going away and coming back story in microcosm. In each chapter, there is a going away and a coming back. And the whole story, really, is Naomi going away and coming back. And I wonder this morning if there is some sense in which you have gone away and need to come back. We're on page 267. In the days when the judges ruled, well, we know about those days, if you've been here over the last few weeks, they were terrible days of violence and oppression and sin, a death spiral of God's people just getting worse and worse. In the days when the judges ruled, but did they rule? No, we saw last week that in those days, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. Was there a famine because of the oppression of their enemies? Was it God's judgment? Or was it just the vagaries of the weather? We're not told. But we do know that it shouldn't be like this in God's land. God promised if they obeyed him, he would bless them with food. Indeed, the name of the town, Bethlehem, means house of bread. And in the house of bread, there is no bread. Well, what would you do if you were Elimelech? It is not as you, of course, it is your wife and your two sons, to feed. So they went away. But they didn't just go away to the next town or another tribe's area. We are told they went, verse 2, to Moab. And this is a surprising choice. The people of Moab had refused to give God's people food on their way to the land. The people of Moab had oppressed God's people And King Eglon, the very fat man, it seems, had taken their food before. 
but they went away from their own town, from their own land, from God's own people, indeed from God himself, and went to Moab and lived there, verse 2. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Marlon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. They went to Moab and they lived. But her husband died, and she was left with her two sons. But then her sons died, and literally the author says, the woman was left without. In 1981, Alan Atkinson from Scotland took his family, his wife and three children, on a very special holiday to Florida. They had a marvellous time. As they were driving back to the airport, another driver, without looking, crashed into their car. And Alan's wife and his three children were killed. And the man was left without. Imagine every wedding anniversary every Father's Day. Forty years later, in order to process his grief, he wrote a book, The Innocent and the Beautiful, he called it. I don't know what your grief is, grief for your parents, perhaps, your husband or your wife, your child or your children, a brother or sister, a close friend. Perhaps it's not so much your grief that you're thinking of, but someone who is close to you, who you love and want to support. Naomi went away and she lived, but her family died, and we are left asking, how will Naomi live and how will she respond to the God who has done this to her she went away but she came back verse 6 when Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them she prepared to return home. Why did she come back? She heard good news. The Lord had visited his people in Bethlehem and provided them with food. It's not surprising, is it, that she comes back? The famine is over and she is the woman without in Moab. It is surprising who comes with her, I think. Verse 6. She and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. In her culture, I take it, they had joined their husband's family when they married. 
But would they really go back with their mother-in-law now that their husbands were dead? Would they really travel to a new land that they knew nothing about? Clearly, they love Naomi. Clearly, they are very strong women. And Naomi tries to stop them. Verse 8. Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Naomi speaks of her faith, of her Lord. She speaks of her love for her daughters-in-law. She wants the best for them. And we see their love for her, for they refuse to stop. And they weep. So Naomi tries again. How can I provide husbands for you, Orpah and Ruth? And as she speaks to them, I think, we begin to see the impact of her grief, the very understandable impact. Verse 13. No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. May the Lord show you kindness, she had said to them. But she has no expectation the Lord will show her kindness. Orpah weeps, but turns back. But Ruth will not be deterred, verse 16. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Whether it's a love for Naomi, or a love for God's people, Naomi realises that she is fighting a losing battle, and so she stops urging Ruth. We admire, I think, Ruth's loyalty, clearly, her faith and determination. And we understand Naomi's grief. But there is something wrong here, isn't there? It should be Naomi inviting Ruth to come. Come. Come home with me, Naomi should be saying. My God will be your God. You will be welcomed. You will become part of God's people. But instead... Ruth wants to come, and Naomi is persuading her not to come. Why is that? I think because Naomi feels that it is not really worth coming. That the Lord and his people, it is not worth Ruth coming back. And I wonder whether we could be a little like Naomi here. We think perhaps that God's kindness is limited and that being his people is not that good. It is a burden sometimes and not a rest. Is that perhaps why I am slow to want others to come to him? I think that they're quite okay. Perhaps they are really better off staying away so the two women went on 
they went along that road, and for Ruth, it is a new road to a new land full of new possibilities and hope. But for Naomi, it is full of memories, for she has walked this road ten years before. She was going away hungry, but she had a husband and two sons. And now she has only grief and regret and perhaps guilt. Verse 19, so the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? When Sheru Brearley was just a very little boy in India, in a small village, he fell asleep on a train. And when he woke up, he had arrived in a city he had never heard of, the mega city of Calcutta, having no idea how to get home. So he lived on the streets as a young boy until he was cared for and finally adopted by a couple from Tasmania. He grew up in Tasmania, but when he became an adult, he was troubled. He wanted to go home. He wanted to tell his mother that he was still alive. And so he spent hours and months and years on Google Maps, trying to work out where his village was that he could not remember the name. His mother had waited for years, but surely had given up hope. He arrived in the village, asked after her house, and after 25 years, he was home. Perhaps the people of the village said, can this be Sharu after all these years? And they celebrated. The people of Bethlehem said, can this be Naomi? But it is not a celebration for Naomi, is it? Perhaps they asked the questions, perhaps they just thought the questions, where is your husband? Where are your two sons? Naomi says, verse 20, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Naomi means pleasant, Mara bitter because the almighty has made my life very bitter i went away full but the lord has brought me back empty why call me naomi the lord has afflicted me the almighty has brought misfortune upon me we feel for naomi she went away and her family was full a husband and two sons and she has come back Her life indeed is very bitter. We feel for her and we admire her honesty. And I think we should admire her faith. That in her grief she has not given up on her God. She is not saying how possibly can there be a God. She has not decided that there may be a God, but he is not in control and he has not done these things. Do you see how strong she is about that? He is the Almighty and he is the one who has made her life bitter. 
But I can't help but feel that in her grief, she only sees one side of reality and one side of God. She is not wearing rose-coloured glasses. She is wearing jade-coloured glasses, the opposite. I went away full, she says. Well, her family was full, but their stomachs were empty and they found food. The Lord has brought me back empty. Her biological family is empty. Yes. But Naomi is not empty. Verse 22, she's accompanied by Ruth, who loves her dearly, has given up everything to be with her. And as she arrives back in Bethlehem, not just Ruth, but verse 22, it is the barley harvest. God is blessing his people. In chapter 4, we learn she owns a block of land. She is not empty. You see, even when you admit your own failings, I went away. Even when you trust that the Lord is still in control, in your grief, your grief can become bitterness. So that you only see your afflictions and you think that your afflictions are greater than everyone else's. And with those glasses on, you cannot see God's kindnesses. And your heart is a long way from the Lord. I wonder if you've ever been like that. I wonder if perhaps you are like that now. Or perhaps you know someone like that and you long to be able to help them. Come home. The book of Ruth is a going away and coming back story. It's called the book of Ruth, but it's not really about Ruth's coming back. It's about Naomi. She went away from the land, and so therefore she went away from God's people, and so therefore she went away from God. But the Lord has brought her back, back to the land, and so back to his people, and so back to him. How did he do that? She heard the good news that he had come to visit his people. And today, today we have heard the good news as well. God has come and visited his people in Bethlehem. He sent his son to Bethlehem. To bring us good news, not just of food provided, but of a saviour. It could be this morning that you actually know that you have gone away from God, as all people have. And you realise that you have not yet come back. Not yet come back to him as the good father who has provided for you. It could be this morning that... Many years ago, perhaps, you realised that you had gone away from God, as all people have, and you came back. The Lord brought you back. But it is possible to go away, isn't it? It's possible to be so attracted by the world, or so disillusioned by God's people, the church, 
that you go away. And people sometimes go away from the church or stay amongst God's people, but their hearts are far from Him. That might be you this morning. It can happen because the world is attractive. And Naomi shows us it can happen because of affliction and grief. And you know that God has afflicted you. And your life has become bitter. And your heart can become bitter. And you struggle to see God's kindness. What should you do? Come home. Hear the good news that God has visited his people in Bethlehem. And welcomes people home. Indeed, The Saviour who came, who was born in Bethlehem, told the greatest going away and coming back story of all time. I shared it with my scripture class this week. Of a son who went away from his father and reached rock bottom. He remembered his father's kindness and abundance and he decided to come home. He said to his father, I went away. And how did his father react? While his son was still a long way off, he ran threw his arms around him and welcomed him home. Whether you've gone away from God and never yet come back, or you've come back, but you've now gone away from him in your heart and struggle to see his kindness, see his kindness in his son, the Lord Jesus. He has provided a way for you to come If you need help to do that, I would love to talk with you about it. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O sinner, come home. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you are a loving Father. A loving Father who longs for your children to come home. Father, whether we have never yet come home to you, or whether we did that some time ago, but we have strayed and our hearts are far from you, perhaps in our bitterness. Father, help us to see your kindness this morning shown to us in your Son, the Lord Jesus. And Father, even in our bitterness, bring us home. We ask this in Jesus' name.